You are now listening to the All Right Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer. Get insider knowledge as we explore the world of business, travel, property, investing, healthy mindsets, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Oric Talk Show. We've had a little break, but now we are back, and we're back with a VIP and a very special friend of mine. It's the one and only Sam Norris from Grand Union Finance. And also, are you an influencer, Sam, on Instagram, would you say? Uh, absolutely not. I've, I've, <laughs> I, can barely, I can barely influence my wife what, what we choose to have for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's a pleasure to have you, Sam. How are you doing? Yeah, good mate, good mate. And burning the midnight oil, as they say, in the, in the London office at the moment. Love it. Yeah, you're in the London office now, and it's what we're recording this at ten to eight pm. So putting in the graft. Yeah, love it. I've got I've, I've got loads more to do, mate. I'll be here till one in the morning potentially. Oh, <laughs> I just realised my to do list is pretty long. <laughs> I it, not keep you too long. <laughs> there you go. It's all it's all there. It's all oh, there. God. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Okay. Well, we'll try and keep this. Uh, a, a short and sweet but long call. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, no, it's 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 a welcome it's a welcome break to. So I'm Brilliant. not looking at figures mm. for a few for a little while, so it's all good. Brilliant. And just a side note as well uh, that I didn't mention at the beginning. Sam also has a podcast as well, which is doing really well, and that's called The Game of mm-hmm. Loans, which is one of the best names for a podcast I've ever heard in in the in the finance industry. I won't lie, I was particularly proud of that when I came yeah. up with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we, uh... we, we, we too we are having a little break at the moment. Um, I think it's good every now and again with this kind of stuff to, to have a little break. Otherwise, it can get a bit samey um, and it's good to have a little bit of a reset. So, um, yeah, the second series of that will be coming out towards the end of this year. So looking forward to getting back onto that as well. Yeah, brilliant. Looking forward to that. So, I mean, yeah, Sam, if you want to sort of introduce yourself and sort of tell people what you do and how you are the broker for investors, property investors in particular. <laughs> Yeah, so so I've actually, although obviously I look incredibly youthful, I've um, I've actually been in this game for quite some time. Um, I actually, I, do you know what I um, I got into this? I don't, have I ever told you about how I got into broking? You know what? I can't remember, but I'd love to hear the story again. Li- literally, completely fell into it by accident. So I was um, I was pretty much just straight out of university. I was. Um, I was doing uh, working for like a, a financial company in the city, just doing research and stuff like that. Got the got the call from a um, recruitment consultant, as you do. Hi Sam, you'd be perfect for this trainee broker role that I've got for you. You know the the, the numbers sounded good. I was like, this is great. You know, new career for me. So I said, yep, yeah, wicked. I'm I'm down. Let's go for it. Um, so she sent me for all the details, and I was thinking, trainee broker. What's a broker? Like stocks and shares, right? So I've done all this research <laughs> for for like to back what a stockbroker does, and then I turn up to this this uh, this interview. Now this is not just like a one to one interview. It turns out it's actually a group interview. Yeah. I'm the youngest person there by at least five years. There's people there that have been like branch managers of Next, um, like managers of Sainsbury's, all this kind of stuff. And I'm this little old me in a suit that's definitely too big for him. Um, <laughs> like, what the hell am I doing here? So they start doing this presentation. And then I suddenly realized that this is not anything to do with stocks and shares at all. This is about like property and buying houses and 
getting these things called mortgages that I barely heard of before. And I thought, oh my God, I'm in, I'm in serious trouble here. Um, anyway, fast forward to the, to the, um, like the one-to-one section. And I just leveled with the guy that was interviewing me. I always remember his name was JJ. He's a South African fella. And, uh, as a South African, he liked rugby. So I started like, you know, we started talking about rugby a little bit, but I said, look, I've been a bit bamboozled here. I think I've been sold the wrong, the wrong product, if you like. Yeah. And um, this is what I've been told. This is what I'm here for. <clears throat> and I said, well, look, um, maybe we could, we could make the best, the best of a bad situation. You take 15 minutes. I'll take 15 minutes. I'll ask you some questions. You ask me some questions. And at the end of it, well, maybe we'll figure out whether, whether I'm a fit or not. Luckily, he was a bit more annoyed with a recruitment yeah. consultant than me. And, um, and out of all 11 people that were there in the end, I was the only person to get offered a job. So that's, that's maybe insane. he liked the fact that I, I kind of thought on my feet. Um, and yeah, I was there. It was a trainee broker at Alexander Hall, which is the um, company that was a sister company of, um, of Foxton's estate agents. And um, yeah, worked my ass off there for like 10, 11 months, um, you know, six, uh, eight in the morning till eight at night, most uh, eight, six days a week sometimes. Yeah. Um, Learned a lot though, learned a lot. So since then, basically I've, I've kind of, gone off and worked for various different brokerages and yeah, really kind of learned the, the investor side of things. Um, I actually got the opportunity to do my first development with my dad, who's a builder back in that 2010. Um, and, and yeah, did, did, did what all, all good, uh, sort of budding entrepreneurs do just said, uh, when my dad said, you can arrange the finance for this, Sam, can't you? I was like, yeah, of course I can. Google <laughs> was my friend and I found out what development finance was and, and, and learned that way. And then since then I've kind of, progressed into yeah just really specializing and, and to be honest with you i was talking to somebody the other day um i really think that there's a real niche actually where you know brokers unfortunately brokers in this day and age um a lot of the brokerages i've worked for there's a real pressure from above to 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 sell um and that unfortunately sometimes means that the advice that's being given is not quite as it should be because the pressure is there to get these deals through and all that kind of stuff and so brokers just do what they need to do to survive. And um, unfortunately, that, that has a knock-on effect to the quality of the advice. And so when the opportunity came along for me to be able to start my own shop, basically, I thought, Let, let's start as we mean to go on. Um, you know, there's very little selling. Um, I will, I'll speak to a client. I'll be able to talk to them about their investment strategy because I spend a lot of time talking to investors and really understanding, you know, what BRR means, what re- commercial to residential means, how developments work, all the terminology that they use, um, and then find the right finance products that's going to help them along their journey. And I think that kind of concierge type service is um, is something that that isn't really um, available, I don't think, in our industry. So um yeah we've really gone from strength to strength um as you as you well know mate um yes. over the last year <laughs> since we started and um yeah we can't wait to, to start building the team out um get some really good people in to to continue that that sort of that great service so i know that was a really long-winded way of me introducing myself especially with the story at the beginning but that's kind of me uh, the property investors broker as i've yeah. been dubbed by somebody that i can't remember who said that originally but i've used it definitely to yeah, my, to my I'd effect take it, yeah i'd take it all day long and no i mean yeah the intro was great you know what? i didn't actually hear that story before so that's actually a really cool story how you you know you're this leonardo dicaprio guy going in to learn about wall street and then you end up being a um I even said stockbroker then, a mortgage broker, yeah, no. but you know, but you know, but you know, you could be like the Jordan Balfour of uh, the um, mortgage broker world because you I know. I mean, I probably wouldn't tell yeah. the FCA that. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut <laughs> this bit out. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's this crook. But I'll tell you yeah. what though, that, that that first job I had at Foxton's, um, you know, Foxton's get a bad rep to be fair. Um, and there's there's a few good reasons for it, but my God, what a sales machine they've got there. It was it was really similar. Um, apart from sort of throwing midgets against the wall and stuff like that, in terms <laughs> in terms of the en- the like, the energy in the room, there's like 200 people just phone call, phone call, phone call, phone call, just generating business. Yeah, my yeah. my job basically when I first got there was that first job that, that um, Jordan Belfort had in the film, like the connector. That was literally yeah. my job for for like 11 months while I was doing. I was I was meant to be like trying to study for my exams while I was yeah. doing this, working eight to eight, six days a week spending an hour and 45 minutes each way on my commute to get there as well. I was dead on my feet by the time Sunday came along. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But you know what? Like it, it teaches you that you can actually do it. Um, and I think I said, I say this to people um, all the time who are talking to me about, Oh, you know, how do I get into business or you know, should I, you know, people ask me all the time about getting into brokering and I'm like, go and find the hardest job you can. Don't worry about money. Don't think mm. about money. Go and find the hardest job you can and prove to yourself that you can work your ass off. Um, do your eight till eight. Work six days a week, seven days a week. You know, really grind yourself to the bone and, and just learn as much as you can and get as much experience under your belt. I think too many people, unfortunately, especially in my industry, see it as an opportunity to earn money. Um, and you see it all the time. You go onto read.com and you type in mortgage broker. Everything is, um, oh, first year expected pay 100 grand. Bollocks never going to happen mm. in a million years yeah, you'll yeah. be lucky to get 20 or 30 grand in your first year so the best thing is to, is to go into it with your eyes open and really understand that what you want to do is complete on and work with as many clients uh, cases as possible um, and really get your your knowledge absolutely through the roof and you're only going to do that yeah. through repetition yeah. and doing more and more and more of it um, and I was lucky, you know, my first couple yeah. of jobs, that was what it was. It was, it was really hard graft and it stood me in good stead. I didn't think so at the time, but I'm glad I went through it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. man. And, um, I think you've kind of, well, you've, you I think you're very a people person as well. Like you said, it's not, you know, it's, you're not, you're not a salesperson, and I know that. And I think you're definitely like, you work with the people you work with, the investor, you come up with creative solutions. And I think, um, I remember you sort of telling me a little bit of a story of you wanted to just shed some light on this and it was the reason why you started Grand Union Finance because obviously you was like, I want to change the game. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's um so I liken I liken our industry to a little to like um like industry before the industrial revolution where you'd have like um I don't know, say say it was a company that made a, to- a doll or something you'd have one guy sitting there putting this entire doll together um and it just didn't make sense and then like the industrial revolution come along and you had these like conveyor belts where people literally would have one job um and you know I-, I liken it to kind of like the mcdonald's model you know everyone at mcdonald's um people i think i think i think it's hilarious when people are like oh god like you see the spotty teenagers that work at mcdonald's i think that's the most amazing thing in the world a spotty teenager that's that's high and a group of them together yeah. can make that business function. That yeah. means that that system is absolutely insane. They've nailed um, it. Exactly. They've absolutely yeah. nailed it. And it doesn't matter which McDonald's in the world you go into, cheeseburger tastes pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and they're guaranteed to give you the wrong sauce and, and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, so, so <laughs> it's just that little niggly bit that needs to get sorted out. Yeah, just, just, just that last little bit. But, yeah. but all in all, they've got it nailed. And, <laughs> and, and I kind of thought to myself, I've been slaving away my entire life. Um, you know, us brokers are asked to most of the time find our own clients, sell to those clients in terms of I'm the best broker for you, compete with other brokers. 
um, take information from that client in order to go and research the market specifically for the mortgage or finance or whatever that they need. Um, then do all of the document collecting, check everything, then do all the paperwork, fill in all the application forms, then upload all the documents and send them to, to lenders, then do all the ad, the back like back office admin, chasing lenders, updating uh, clients, all this kind of stuff. And at the end of it all, you've got to do all your compliance as well to make sure that everything is, is, is compliant. Now, there's there's five different jobs there. And, you know, I was in my previous role and I, and I was, um, I remember when I first started, I said to my then boss, when literally in the interview, you know, am I going to be getting some admin support straight away? He says, no, you've got to earn it. And I, and I said, well, do you believe that I can do the job? And he said, yeah, otherwise I wouldn't be taking you on. I said, well, if you believe I do the job, what are you testing me for? Mm. You know, just give me admin support straight away. And I can spend all day and every day finding clients and, and, and bringing new clients into the business rather than filling out paperwork and chasing lenders once I've submitted applications. That's yeah. such a poor <laughs> use of my time. And this yeah. goes for like any business. You know, you don't want somebody with a certain skill set doing a different job you know i'm actually i'm actually really unorganized as a person and i used to get really stressed out about this and then i realized actually i'll just employ someone that's really organized and so i've employed ruby who's um who's my my i'll call her my mvp most valuable player love it um and she's the most she's the most organized person in the world second to my mum who was my next hire as my as my pa um so i've got two of the most organized people i've ever met surrounding me making that's sure that i do it this list wasn't written by me, my friend. It was written by my mom. Love um, it. And, and so I can concentrate now on doing what I do best. And what I've seen is complete and utter massive exponential growth over the last and over the last year. And I want to take that even further. You know, the idea is um, I've spoken to you about us moving up to Birmingham and everything like that, which will be brilliant because um, it means then I can expand my team even more bring in more, more support, more, you know, really happy people that can get on the phone and update the clients and, and give them an amazing service. Yeah, I can sit there at the top and have an overview of everything and talk to clients on a more of a, you know, a not a rushed basis. I'm not having to run off because I need to go and chase a lender or run off because I've got to go and fight yeah. some fires. I've got firefighters within the organization. <laughs> I've got people that are organized. I've got people that are checking documents. I'm teaching them how to do all of this kind of stuff or they've come in because they, they already know this kind of thing. Um, and it just, like I said, it leaves me to do what I do best. And I just can't understand why other brokerages don't do that. But I do know that kind of the old guard of brokers, you know, they really struggled to sort of let go of a, of a case, you know, of an application. Yeah. They'll do the work, they'll do the research and they find it really difficult to hand that over to someone else to see it through to complete. So it's almost like a trust problem there. And I'm the quite I'm the opposite. I'm like, please take this boring bit off my hands because you know every time there's something awesome happens in that case, I get on the phone. I'm chatting to the yeah. client. Yeah, we've got an offer. Yeah. This is this is amazing. I get to do all the good bits um, and the stuff that isn't. Sorry, you my know, mom's just my mom be... just walked sorry. in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the podcast episode um, now. So Guest appearance. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer. Um, yeah. But yeah. It just, yeah. For, for me, for me, it just like, that just makes sense. Um, and like I said, I'm not really sure why the brokerages don't do it. Maybe they will. There are some out there that do it, but then you've got that kind of mm. on the opposite end of the spectrum. You've got your kind of free brokerages, which have a, have a place in this world, hundred percent, um, where they're sort of sausage factories in the nicest possible way. I don't mean that in the negative. Yeah. Um, but they, but, but they will they will just work with people that have really simple circumstances because that's their business model. So 
trying to create something that's almost a bit of a hybrid where we can give that good service we can offer um that that great conveyor belt type um that yeah. great conveyor belt type service which is sort of hopefully efficient and and quick and all that kind of stuff as well as having the specialist knowledge as well to be able to guide those clients some of which you know are complete newbies into the property um the property world and you know the amount of times and I'm, i don't say this to try and sort of big myself up but the amount of times i've had clients that have come to me and said i've just spent nine grand on a course and i've probably learned more from you over the course of my first application than i did on that entire course <laughs> and i thought i mean obviously i take that like yeah massive compliment huge huge compliment um or may, may, maybe the, co- the courses should take that as a massive insult i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> um but i just i just pass on to people what i already know and luckily i've been working with investors for so long that i get to see what great investors do and do you know what i and I've, I've been threatening to write a book about it for, for ages you can see you know if you if you spend time with investors you can see the things that make the investors successful and you can see the things that make some yes. investors unsuccessful as well yeah. there yeah. are traits there are things <clears throat> that all really good all of my best clients do the same things write this and book this needs to be written yeah it's just gonna it's just literally just gonna be about basically what make what makes a great investor from a broker's perspective and um yeah, yeah maybe I'll, I'll try and get this out by the end of the year but um yeah that you can see it you know i get the bird's eye view i get to see what they do i get to see behind the curtain i a lot of my clients are like really proficient on instagram and they're kind of instagram famous mm-hmm. and it's quite nice to see them behind the scenes actually doing their thing and sometimes you'd be surprised that, that, that some of these people maybe don't know as much as they maybe show that they do. And, and that really kind of makes newbies go, oh, God, um, you know, I'm never going to be like this person. Well, actually, they're not that far ahead of you and, and, and you definitely can do it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's incredible when you do see behind behind the curtain yeah. all of these these traits that link these incredible investors together. They they all do the same same shit. You know, it's all the same stuff. So. I don't know. Give us like one example then. Uh, it's a little snippet from your future book. What makes a great investor from a, from your perspective as one thing that you love? The, the, I know this, this sounds really, really basic, but just being, being really freaking organized. And mm. I don't mean that in terms of, they don't necessarily themselves. Like I said earlier about me not being that organized. I've got people around me that are organized. So, I mean, one, two or three of my favorite clients are actually themselves just really organized. They have everything ready. They know every time I ask them a question, they don't have to go, oh, let me check on that. They know it. They know how many properties are in their portfolio. They know how much, uh, what loans they've got on various different properties. They know who their lenders are. They know when their rates come to an end. They know how much money they earn. You know, you'd be surprised how many people I ask, well, so what, what's your income? And they go, um, I'm going to have to look into that for you. How can you not know how much you earn? <laughs> um, you know, and so, you know, not, not having, not, not checking up on their credit file on a, on a monthly basis to make sure that that's all okay. Cause if you're taking out finance, you know, you need to make sure that your credit file is constantly know, being looked mm-hmm. after, Definitely. you know, all of these things, just, just being insanely organized or having somebody to organize you. Cause you know, some of, some of my clients have BAs and, you know, they'll say, I'll be speaking to them and I'll go, I'll, I'll get, you know, Jessica, my, my VA will send you all of this stuff and they copy them in and, and that's great. That's fine. That's no problem at all. So yeah, I mean, being organized, I just think is, is, is a real key because it allows for the, one of the other things as well, which is the art of delegation. Um, the amount of times that I have, and I completely get it. People are going to be listening to this and going, Oh my God, Sam, like, don't be an asshole. But 
there are people that you know i will i will say to them this is the best product for you and they'll go is it and i'll go well yeah because i'm telling you that it is because this is what i do for a living um and they go yeah but johnny down the road can get like this product i did recently someone's like oh my mate said that um that i could get a, a mortgage with paragon on this and it was just a waste of my time because yeah. i had to go and basically go through all the criteria to show him why paragon wouldn't do that loan and it's yeah. just a waste and i think trusting the people that you have around you is definitely something that i see that really good investors have yeah i understand maybe the first time we're working together you might ask more questions than not but i've certainly seen that when i when i do more than one case for a client they just start ex and they're and they're really good investors they just accept what i'm telling them and i think that's really really important as well it's good to question things it's good to ask questions it's good to to check up on stuff um yeah. but yeah. there comes there comes a limit to it where you've just got to go right my accountant knows what they're doing my solicitor knows what they're doing my broker knows what they're doing and allow them to potentially work together as well behind the scenes as as i do with, with many other professionals but just having that ability to go i'm just going to leave this to that person and i'm going to trust that what they're telling me to do is is the right thing to do because do you know what it does it allows them to go and do what they are good at doing it allows yeah. them just similar to what we were saying earlier on it, allow, it allows them to go and do viewings it allows them to work their figures it allows them to you know to search out new opportunities or, or whatever it might be and they leave the other stuff to it to other people and that's a that's a massive trait that's what i definitely definitely see that um that really good quality investors are able to do is really build a good team and trust them to do to do a job for them basically yeah no that's class and um no i i think anyone who is listening to this should definitely take note because the organization you've definitely mentioned that on your story a few times and i know like yeah that is definitely one of the, the big points that you you emphasize as well and uh, well, I, I i had a client yeah. i had a client of mine once that wasn't particularly organized and um and i put a story about being organized like the next day and he actually sent me messages like was that about me i was like yeah i went yeah 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 it was i said but we've had the conversation like you know that i, th I think you're unorganized um and, and actually i said it to him in a nice way i said look yeah my job is to make you a better investor this is what i think a lot of people don't realize about the people that they put around they have around them their accountant their broker their solicitor their yes. property sources whoever they're all there to make that person a better property investor i share i don't not necessarily like information by name but i share what my what my really good clients do that my not so good clients or my maybe my not so not, not so not so no, yes. good, that's not very nice but like my newer clients the people that haven't maybe had the experience i share that information with them and, and this particular client i said to him look i'm not saying that to be an ass i'm saying it so that you're better at what you do because i'm sharing this information for free with you if you want me to be if you want a broker who's just like a yes man type person i'm probably the wrong person for you yeah i want you to be successful do you know why because i want all my clients to be successful because if i run a firm where all their clients is really successful guess how successful that firm's going to be pretty fucking successful yeah, so yeah that that's that's the way that i kind of see it purely that's i mean that's from a selfish point of view but I, honestly mate I, when 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 i have especially if it's a new client watch them get their like first buy to let property or, or get their first um their first offer accepted on a property whatever it may it's so awesome to see it it really is and he, and sometimes even it, it might be, be the 20th property they've got but they're still so happy about it you know seeing them be successful seeing them move on to the next level it's um yeah it's a massive um it's very very rewarding on top of that and yeah it's just it's just nice to be able to 
it's cool. I mean, I, I scrolled on Instagram all the time and I see my clients constantly on there and I'm like, yeah, well happy that, that they're yeah. sharing this. And you were involved um, in it as well, which is kind of nice to see that, you know, it's, it's worked, it's happening. And you know what? I, I don't mm. think you're selfish at all from what you just said there. I, I think if, you know, if you're successful in doing it or it, it they're going to be successful and if they're successful in doing it and being organized, you're going to be successful and grow your business to being a bigger and it's already a great service, but it being even better, have a, a have a team of brokers who, who think like you and work like you. So, you know, you're going to, you're creating that. It's almost like you're an educational broker as well. So you, you, you're teaching people along the way, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. So that's, that's, that's the, that's, that's the, that's yeah. the aim of the game with this really is to, is to, I mean, I, I joke with Ruby all the time that, I want to get to a point where I don't actually need a laptop anymore because all of my tasks that I would do on a daily basis would only require a phone um, to quickly email, text, or, or call people um, and have every single other thing that I do organized by other people. I want I want an office in my new office that is literally just like a sofa in there. No table. That's, like, that's, that's, like, that, that's like literally like my, my, my end goal because then it forces me to do the thing that I love doing and, and it also forces me to do the thing that I think um, I can bring most um, most benefit to to my clients and also to to what will hopefully be a really big successful team in the future. Um, I Because I, uh, on that actually, um, this was something that I said to, to Ruby and to my mum actually recently was I said, I... Ruby said, Ruby told me I was a good boss, which obviously that was like a really nice thing to hear. Yeah. But my first, I said to her, I said, I'm, I am, I'm the owner of the company, but don't think of me like a boss. Like I'm a resource to your success. That's, yeah. that's the way that I see it. And we've got a new broker, new broker starting at the end of this month. And I've said the same thing to him. I went and met him. Um, he actually lives in, in Wales, um, but we met sort of halfway in Cheltenham. Um, I don't know if that was halfway, but. <laughs> I, I could get I, I got there all right um, he, he, he ran into a ton of traffic unfortunately but um but I said to him I said look you're not gonna I'm not gonna beat you down if you don't hit sales targets I'm not setting sales targets you know because at the moment I don't want to set sales targets maybe that might be something that happens in the future as the company grows grows older but I just said to him I said you know you're at a particular stage of your growth I know you're not the fi- finished article if you're the finished article you'd run your own shop um I said but I'm a, I'm a resource for you. Um, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Chances are, if a situation arises, I'll know, I'll have, a, have had a similar um, experience and I'll remember what happened and how we managed to get through it that time. So that that's kind of, that's what I say to them. And and I, I have that same feeling with, with my clients as well. If you've got a, I say to them, if you've got a question about something and it's like nine o'clock on a Friday, just text me, you know? If I'm if I'm sitting there watching crap on telly, I might re- I might respond. I might not. You know, you have to understand that I'm a human being at the end of the yeah. day, and I like to chill out as well. But if I can, I will. And I've done it on a Sunday. What annoys me, I, I had I had, a, I had somebody that I hadn't even ever done business with call me call me at eight thirty on a Sunday morning once. Wow, and I thought, that me? And I no, thought, it weren't me. I'm joking. No, no, it wasn't. No, I, get, I just get I just get voice notes from you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I did think I was like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, it's half eight on a, on a Sunday morning. Um, it just so happened that I was awake with my laptop open, but, but no, I thought, no, <laughs> must no, be spying on you. It's like, oh, that's a good time. I'll call him now. 
He's yeah, I, binoculars I in your him, window. I can, I can see him doing some mortgage research. He must, he must be active. No, 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 mate. I'm doing my admin because I don't have time to do it during the week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I like. Um, yeah, if I could just spend all my day just just being on the phone, chatting to clients, making sure they're okay, making sure the service they're getting is good, you know. Basically, I'll give my myself the role of like customer services within yeah. my own company. So I'd yeah. actually be like bottom of the food chain. But <laughs> just be that, just be, just be that person that just just you know looks after the clients, just make sure they're happy, um, and then yeah. pass on the knowledge that I have to you know to the brokers and and the team. You know that's that's the way I kind of see it. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy that is like shouting and screaming at people. I've worked in those environments. I actually had one time where I was sitting at my desk and the guy sitting opposite me, another broker. The owner of the business came in and was, I'm not even kidding, was like an inch away from his face, screaming at him. Um, and, and afterwards, the guy was shaking like a shitting dog. And I just, I remember thinking to myself, all you've done is make everyone here think you're a dick. Yeah, that's, um, that's all you've accomplished. That's, yeah. that's not respect. And, and actually, that broker left off their own accord not that long afterwards. Not the best broker in the world, but certainly a, a decent broker. And the way I see it is you've just lost yourself an asset. Yeah, um, by yeah. doing that so so i am you know the day that i shout at somebody um you need the day i have to think of, the, day, the day i think about maybe doing something different <laughs> yeah <laughs> now you know what i've there's a there's a not a meme i'll call it a meme though it's like a you know i've seen it on the on the internet wherever probably certainly instagram but i kind of knew this i think i read it in a book and it was there's there's a massive huge difference and i know you know this between a boss Someone who's a boss and someone who's a leader, and I'd say you're more of a leader. You know, someone who instead of shouting at them, you'll 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 teach them. And there's all these different traits, like the opposite of what a leader and a boss does. You know, you'll lead your your workers, and a boss will you know shout at them, scrutinise them, which doesn't really do anything. It, in fact, it makes you know if um you treat your employees well, your employees will treat your customers well. It all, it all stems down, doesn't it, really? Well, I, I heard, um, I think it was a Gary Vee thing, actually. Um, and um, funny enough, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday about Gary Vee. We have, we have differing opinions. Um, but he, um, he's, he, you know, he talks a lot of shit, to be honest, but he also talks a lot of good stuff. And yeah. this one particular thing was, he said, um, I work for my employees. My employees don't work for me. Yeah. And I, I get it. Like, I, I mean, I, I do get they, they work. But actually, they don't work for me. They work for Grand Union Finance. Yes. I just happen to own Grand Union Finance. Yes. My, I'm, I, I work for Grand Union Finance. That's the way I see it. My responsibility yes. is to make yeah. sure that this company grows and is successful. Because if it grows and it's successful, then my employees will be successful as well. And they'll, 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 take, they'll take ownership of that success. Um, so... I work for them insofar as it's my job to make sure that they're happy, that they're, um, you know, they're pushed, they're, they're, they're getting the best out of themselves, they're successful, they're making money. These are all things that on a daily basis I'm thinking about and I'm worrying about and I'm planning, you know, for. And I just, I think, do you know what, I've just, I have worked, I've worked for some good people. Um, and in fact, you know, the person that I just mentioned there about the shouting and screaming, I actually still talk to him. I've had him work there for five years um, and we chat every now and again because I've realized that he realized that he made a really bad error there um, yeah. because I had a private conversation with him. I was quite fortunate to get a one-on-one -on -one time with him. I won't give you the story about that because that is ridiculous, yeah. but I got some one-on-one -on -one time uh, with him. Yeah, he tells um, over a beer. Yeah, I'll tell you over a beer, but, <laughs> but um, 
and he you know he was really kind of like you know what do people think of me in the office and all that kind of stuff and i saw behind the curtain again you know he was just a human being and yeah, yeah. it was all a bit of bravado but um but yeah i've worked for some not not particularly nice people in the past and um i think i've just kind of maybe learned from that i don't want to be that person that you know me and my business partner or former business partner we've gone our separate ways now all, all amicable but um the reason we one of the reasons we we kind of became friends was because it's like that old um like uh soldier mentality when the, the newbies the you know the sergeant majors are shouting and screaming them all and yeah. the reason they do that is to bring them all together with a with a common enemy yeah my god like if how if i had people that worked under me that were coming together and talking about me as like their common enemy that would literally make me feel sick um, yeah, yeah so so but that but that's how we came came to be friends you know moaning about how much we hated our boss which is you know it's, that's horrible um yeah, so, yeah you shouldn't never, have to go through that. that boss yeah no i i, I personally don't yeah. think you will so no yeah i think probably majority of people listening to this episode would have had some form of a bit of a dick boss or maybe they've got one now, who knows. But, you know, I think at one point in your life, you're going to have someone who's a bit of a, you know, dick um, that talks mm. down to you. But, you know, you've either got to get out of there or you've got to speak up and maybe say something. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Although we, we, used to, we, we used to have a terminology, um, which was um, the nail that sticks out gets hammered in. Um, and so we always just used to make sure that we just floated under the radar. You know, our, our figures... Yeah, yeah were always good enough to not get beaten because we're down at the bottom but they weren't quite good enough that we were like top of the tree all the time and that was almost i'm not saying that we would have been like top dogs all the time but um but you know we were a few times but a lot of the time we just sort of you know skimmed under the radar and actually had an easy life as a result um i genuinely i actually think there's a lot to be said for not being the superstar within the company um, holding back and and looking and 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 taking it all in rather than working yourself um, to the point where you're not actually learning because you're just working so damn hard. We yeah. I learned so much from all the different companies I've worked for. I've learned so much because I, I I take the time to really look at how different people ran their organisations. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I actually have that mentality now um, to to not be the superstar um, to just yeah. sort of like I said. Like float under the radar and just take it all in yeah so just bouncing off that then when you said like you know learning and, and taking it all in um what would you say so when you speak to like your investors and obviously when you do your content on instagram what would you say you get probably either get asked the most or something that everyone should know like top three things um you could talk about bridging loans or um, what people get confused about or what like give us some three knowledge tips the first the first question i get asked more than any other question is how much money do i need to get into property that is the number one and the, the annoying thing is is that it's it's a it's a how long is a piece of string question because mm. it's completely down to the individual and their their strategy um so that's always the first one and um, the other one that all the all the kind of conversations i have quite a lot are centered around um the sort of wanting to do something so unnecessarily creative um i have to say to, to people quite often look what are you what are your end goals and to be honest with you unless you want to be the next elon musk or steve jobs or whoever um you don't need to reinvent the wheel 
Yeah. Um, you know, the most some of the most successful people that I work with are just doing the same as what the, the somebody else down the road's doing because there's enough business to go around. There's enough um, property to go around. There's, there's an abundance of property in this com- country. You might not feel like that sometimes, but there is. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people are trying. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm doing this particular strategy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely different because I've got carved out this niche doing this and the other. I'm like, what's what's your end goal? Oh, I want to build a portfolio of ten grand a month. Great, just do that with buy to lets then. Yeah, you can do that in, in five five to six years probably if you do yeah, it right. Yeah, low lo, low risk. You know, follow the path well trodden. Why why not? Yeah, I know maybe I'm kind of contradicting myself because I've talked about you know trying to trying to do what I do a little bit differently because but I think that's because mm. there was an, a need for it. There isn't a need to to you know reinvent the wheel when it comes to property yes. investing. Do do what others do and do it to the best of your ability and do it to yep. a good standard and you will be successful within the confines of what you deem to be successful. Yeah, if yep. you want to go on, you know, on, on a mission to become the biggest portfolio landlord in the country, yeah, you might have to do things a little bit outside the box. But the reality is not that very, very many people want to do that, aspire to, to be like that and are going to end up doing that. So. Yeah. You might as well just do what, what you feel comfortable doing um, and you will you will achieve those goals. That's that's definitely something. And of course, I get asked about bridging all the time. You know, I get I get a lot of hate about bridging. Um, <laughs> and the, the, the big one is the, the one thing I get was bridging is expensive. So I said expensive compared to what? Compared to a mortgage. I'm like, great. Yeah, Rolls Royce is expensive compared to a Ford Focus. They're like, well, I don't really understand that. But like, well, they both get you from A to B, but they're different. Yeah. Um, you know, different products for different things. Maybe that's a bad analogy, actually. Maybe maybe the difference would be like a like an F1 car compared to a Ford Focus. They yeah. both do the same thing. They both move forward and backwards and go side, from side to side. But one is there to to win to win um, you know Grand Prix, and the other one's there to take you to Tesco's. So yes. you know, yeah. so they both and one costs a lot more than another. And so you know, bridging is for finance products this is another thing as well everyone everyone thinks oh mortgages bridging development or what was it all about they're just these are just like facilitators Mm. to to get you to where you need to be that's why i don't when i'm talking to clients for the first time i don't really talk about finance that much i talk about what they want to achieve and their goals obviously if they've got a a live case that we need to discuss you know they're buying a new property or whatever obviously we'll get into the figures and that kind of stuff but the reality is that most of the time it's just talking to them about what they want to achieve and how we're going to do that. And then it's down to me to figure out which finance products are going to allow them to do it. And I get a lot of clients, you know, right, I want to do, I want to do the BRR strategy. I want to build a portfolio. I want 10 grand a month. I mean, the, the amount of times I get that call, you know, I want to get, I want to build a portfolio that makes me 10 grand a month. You know, it's 10 grand a month. It's like the yeah. magic figure. Everyone <laughs> wants 10 why, grand a month. Why is it 10? Like, you know what? I've, I worked I know, that's it what, out. That's what I say yeah. to them. Passionate about investing in property? Are you a beginner or a seasoned veteran wanting to learn more? Then Blue Ricks magazine is a perfect magazine for you. I know what you're thinking. Not another property magazine. Well, Blue Bricks subscribers get access to their bi-weekly private podcasts, monthly meetups, private YouTube library, digital download resources, and of course, bi-monthly print magazine, as well as their regular online articles. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Head over to bluebricksmagazine.com forward slash investor or click on the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's it, you're totally right. And like someone said that to me before because I think I was on that 
I'll be honest, I think I was on that 10k a month or whatever it was hype. I was like, because right. so, I think it's just a nice round figure and I get it, blah, blah, blah. But when I actually sat down for a few hours, worked it out, how much I wanted, that included, like, I looked on Riot Move, looked at how much my house was going to be that I wanted, you know, decent size house, not too big, a car that I liked, a personal trainer, and, a, you know, a pay for some meal preps from a card or whatever, 20 quid, whatever. And I added it all up. And, oh, and some investment money as well. And it only needed like £4,800 a month. And I was like, fuck, that's like 50 grand a year. That's well achievable after tax. I'd have to probably yeah. uh, after 80 grand after tax. But like, that's well achievable through property. You don't need a 10K a month. would be nicer because it's more freedom, building more wealth and blah. But just for your, for what I want, you know, at the moment, at present, like that's it. I was, like, I was quite shocked. But you know what? That's that's actually what you've just done there might sound simple, but so few people do it is actually take the time to look at your future life that you want yeah. and work out how much it's going to cost. Because, you know, that's like that's like um, going getting in your car and not turning on your sat nav and just hoping for the best that you, that you get there. <laughs> you've got you've got to know your destination. You've got to know what that yes. destination looks like. Absolutely. I do it. I've got I've got various different sort of plans for various different parts of my life that inv- involves various different things, and and yeah, I've I've worked out right how much income do I need because this is this is this is another thing. This whole you know me and you we we are in the you know, various communities where it's all about success and wealth and and money and all this kind of stuff. But the, the the bottom line is I don't really think about money too often at all. I don't think of it in the traditional sense of I want to be wealthy, I want to be rich. I couldn't care less if I'm considered a high net worth individual or any of that kind yes. of crap it's all about again it's all about a facilitator for life it's it's what gives you what gives you freedom um i don't think money buys you happiness but it certainly buys you freedom and freedom gives you the greatest opportunity for contentment which is i think what everyone should be after not happiness happiness is fleeting you've got to be content with what you do yeah and yep that's what uh, that's what i'm after and it's about you know grand union finance for me as a facilitator because it will yield me money at the moment I've said this to you and I'm really open. I take very little income out of Grand Union Finance. Could I take more? Yeah. I had to have the conversation with my wife the other day. She's just like, oh, why why, why have you only taken this this, this, this month? And I'm like, well, just because Grand Union has got the money doesn't mean I, I have the money. She goes, yeah, but you could take it if you wanted to. Yeah, but I don't want to, Emily. I want it to be in the company to store for, for the future, you know, for building, for new for new offices, new staff, new new equipment, new software, whatever it might be to keep growing the company. Um. So, you know, but you 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 have these different facilitators. You have a comp you have companies, sometimes various companies, you've got, you know, affiliate programs, you've got property, you've got your investment yeah. portfolio, you've got um, you know, monetization on YouTube, whatever it's gonna be, all of these various different things, these little income streams. Um, and all that it means is, you know, you 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 have all of this cash coming into into a company that eventually you'll you'll realize that. That it's all self-sustaining, to be honest with you, um, and it and it brings in cash that you can then utilize and dip into when you want. Um, and I kind I kind of have got to that stage already, which is really weird. I, I live I live quite a, a meager life, to be honest with you. I'm not very extravagant. Um, I buy, you buy a lot of vans, don't you? You buy a lot of vans. I do, I, I do buy. I do buy a lot. That, that, but that's my extravagance. <laughs> my my two, yeah, my, yeah, my two yeah. extravagance in my life. Uh, I buy myself a new pair of vans like once a quarter, um, <laughs> and 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 I lot and I and I go to I go to the rugby a lot. Um, yes. And and they're the two things that make me happy. You know. Yeah. So so that's cool. But 
but I don't really want for anything at, at the moment. And and that's just through me starting up a business that that's been running for just over a year. So it's so it's so uh, possible to reach that point. Um, but I think a lot of it is down to understanding your own personal income and expenditure. And that's another thing. Um, that, so I guess it kind of balances um, with that organization thing that I was talking to you about earlier. One trait that I see that successful people um, have is that they treat their own personal finances like a business. They'll understand their, their income and their expenditure and they will um, be organized with that. So, I mean, I, I've, I've gone on record as said, and I don't know whether this figure is correct, but I would hazard a guess that at least 90% of the population of the UK could not, if a gun was pointed to their head, tell you to within a hundred pounds what their monthly expenditure was I'd for the say previous more, two or three months more than no, i'd say above 95 i really would i really would yeah and that that is like financial literacy 101 yeah know what you're spending your money on because then you can actually organize that because you might i mean like me and my wife did it a, a few years ago we were we were forced really really suddenly to, to move home uh because our long story short our landlord was a complete idiot but yeah um so we we went and did i felt like a property investor that day we did 10 viewings in a day my god i was dead by the end of it i'll tell you why i enjoyed that point um but, but we we didn't really we didn't really like that many of the properties and the only ones that were, the only one that we saw that we liked was really freaking expensive it was like um 250 pound a month over our budget yeah um and i said and i said to him look okay, let's sit down and let's look at what our expenditure is and let's see if there's anything that we can move. We have to find another 250 quid, basically. Um, and you know what? We realised that the previous month between us, we'd spent £1,600 on, on the pub and takeaways. And Same. that absolutely shocked the hell out of me. And and it was that was that was my, my eye-opener. I kind of looked at that and go, oh my God, I can't believe that that's... That I, I so much money I've thrown down the drain. Yeah, I had a good time at the pub and yeah, you know, I enjoyed those pizzas or whatever, but realistically, that's fleeting. I didn't need all that stuff, um, and we so we easily found that extra two hundred fifty pound. We just didn't go to the pub every night, yes. um, which is probably good for the liver as well, anyway. But yeah. um, you know, but but people should do that. You know, I I now have an Excel spreadsheet with my own personal income and expenditure, and exactly where every single penny goes to. Um, and I think that's been a great. Um, that's really helped me grow my business because I actually know what personally I need every single month to survive and to live a half decent existence. And like you say, a lot of people would probably be shocked with with the figure that it's actually a lot lower than than they than they they think it is. And to be quite honest yeah. with you, if I took if I personally took four or five grand a month, which sometimes I could, I don't really know what I'd do with it. To be honest yes. with you, apart from pay tax yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly right. So I think a good exercise for anyone listening to this would be to, yeah, just sit down for a few hours and see what you're actually, unless you're one of these people that, you know, wants a 20-bedroom house and a Lamborghini, then uh, you might be looking a little bit higher than four and a half grand a month. But uh, <laughs> It's an exercise from um, the four-hour work week, I think. It's um, yeah. Tim, Tim Ferriss. It is, yeah. But funny enough, I came across it... Um, property geek i came across it on that and they i've got an excel mm. spreadsheet and you can put in it's got i think it's called your dream line and you put in everything and it calculates it everything and it gives you like a like a 20 percent buffer on top of that um yeah i was like yeah i was quite shocked really but right. you'll, you'll have to send that to me yeah I love well, a spreadsheet you yeah please that sounds cool yeah oh yeah. i love a spreadsheet mate yeah <laughs> no, i definitely will but 
I I was thinking actually, would you be up for a fun little exercise of doing a bit of role play? The idea just come into my head, just to give people an idea that maybe I've not even talked to a broker before of mm. what the conversation would be like. So pretend I'm the investor and you're the mortgage. Do you know what? Pretend you're the mortgage I've, I've, broker. I, I, <laughs> pretend I'm the mortgage. Yeah, just, just imagine. Just, just imagine, imagine you're a mortgage broker. <laughs> do you know what? It's funny because every single year, us brokers have to do these role plays. Do you really? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we've got to fit within the FCA's criteria, um, yeah. like regulation and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's... This is probably not the best thing to say on a like live on air, but a lot of it is bullshit. Um, yeah. You know, there are certain boxes that you've got to tick, um, which is fine. To be honest with you, I don't do a lot of FCA regulated stuff because it's mainly residential mortgages. But, you know, it's it's the manner in which you do it. It's it's not it's not actually not conducive to helping the client that much at all because it's mainly crap that they don't understand. Yeah. Um, and the way in which they want you to present it to them doesn't help them understand it anymore. You need somebody that to, can can. Um, you know, just be personal with somebody and just talk them through stuff in a in a really normal manner. But yeah, go on. Let's right. let's do this. I tell you, if we do record it, I can just send it to the FCA. I'll be like, right, I've done my role play for the year. Did it? Yeah, did Shane, it? Shane, yeah. Shane was my client. On the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So uh, I guess it, I'll be calling you then. So let's go. So ring, 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 ring. What the hell do you want? It's it's eight thirty <laughs> on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> oh, I'll come back tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> no, do you know what? Like, but, but joking aside, you know yeah. the, the phone rings, um, and the first the, the first thing I do, well, n- number one, I always want to find out where people have found found uh, my details from, so that we can, okay. we can keep track of that. But um, first thing I'm asking you, Shane, is um, you know what are your plans? Most of the t- I've got, I've got to admit, fifty fifty. Sometimes I've got a deal. They're like, Sam, I found this property. I need your help, or it's just I'm a newbie investor. I need some advice. So if we go down that path. My, yeah, that's the first thing that I would ask. Uh, first thing I ask is always, you know, what 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 do you want to do one, five, ten years from now? What what are you thinking? Um, so, and right, so my answer would be, I want ten k a month <laughs> in <laughs> okay. a year. In a year, and I want it now. So uh, realistically, I'll say, okay, uh, I'm looking to get on average two properties a month and just build my portfolio nice and slowly, potentially by a couple of auction properties so i might talk to you about bridging later later uh but i ideally i'd like to um just speak to you about some options and cool. yeah just steady grow my portfolio because do you know what um so the reason that i ask that question is it's really really easy to for me especially or, or a broker potentially to fall into the trap of thinking that all clients are the same mm. and they're not um they've all got different reasons um for doing i also ask them about their reasons for doing it you know are you are you going to be in property because you love it or is it a conduit to you know to you being able to have a bit of freedom and do other stuff um but you know i'll get some some clients will say what you've said you know i want to buy two properties a month i want to do this i want to do that great i want to build something really big cash flowing i want to do some development stuff great other clients will be um, I'm just interested in probably getting, you know, I want to get a buy-to-let mortgage, uh, sorry, a buy-to-let property, probably just going to buy turnkey investment. Um, and over the next five or six years, I probably want to build up a portfolio of about four properties. Mm-hmm. So if you think of the different, those different types of conversation, I'm thinking, what products do you need to know about? So, you know, um, the client over here that was talking about building a portfolio of sort of four properties in six years, I'm talking to them about buy-to-let mortgages. They don't need to know about bridging, you know, because it's for them quite obviously, it's probably going to be, they're going to see it as too risky. The strat, the BRR, buy refurbish refinance yeah. strategy is not what they're looking for. Um, 
you know, I'd probably then ask them a little bit about what their personal income is, because are they going to be able to save a 25% deposit every now and again? And by the way, just as an FYI to people listening, that, that method is absolutely fine. And I've got clients that I started working with 10 years ago that now have portfolios like 30, 40 properties. And you might be thinking, well, so hang on a second. So they're, they're, they're building a portfolio slowly like that. Well, yeah, first two years, they probably bought one property. But then the next two years, they probably bought four properties or the next and the next few years after that. And it, it, the growth is exponential because obviously with every property that you add to your portfolio, your, your, your property business starts earning more money. Um, and that's where suddenly you get to a point where it is re- uh, making a certain amount of cash per month, which means that every three months you've got a new deposit or every month you've got a new deposit or every month you've got a couple of deposits or you can start buying big, bigger properties. So that is a way to do it. So then I'll start talking to them about buy to let if like you've just said, you know, I want to get into a point, I really want to build quickly, right? You need to understand bridging. You need to understand bridging finance because that is the conduit to you being able to do that. You can't, you can't build a portfolio like that without being comfortable with either bridging. You have an insane amount of cash that you can, you can continually get. I mean, it might be, to be quite honest with you, I've got a client who I've done a couple of bridges for, but he builds, builds a portfolio quickly, but he buys cash because he's really great at saving. He's really good at finding deals that refi- that um, that, uh, that recycle cash, yeah. um, and and he does the occasional flip to to just to to replenish to replenish his cash. Or you might have an investor that helps you. So you don't need to necessarily use bridging if you really, really, really don't want to. The irony is that sometimes bridging can actually be cheaper than borrowing money from an investor because yes, yeah. you you have like a fixed return and you're going to give it back to them whether you borrow it for six months or t- or twelve months. And actually, when you look at the pro rata uh, cost of a bridge. If you're only going to have it for six months, for example, it's probably going to end up being cheaper. But anyway, that's beside yeah, the point. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm talking to them about the type of products that are actually going to be really beneficial to getting them to what you need, what where they need to be, because you know there are various variations of what we just said. But they're the two different types of investor that I work with. The slow and steady wins the race, and the and the portfolio builders, and the different type of client needs different type of advice. And they also need almost a little bit of a different type of broker, to be honest. Um, they, they, the person on the left over here that needs the bridging, building the portfolio, they need somebody that is that is showing that they they know how to work quickly. They understand the time pressures of these kind of things. And actually, the other person doesn't want that broker who's going, "Yeah, we can do this at a million miles an hour. We can do this. We can do that. We can do the other." They don't want that person. They they they're quite evidently quite chilled about things and just want to build slowly, you know, yeah. slowly and surely and safely. Yeah. So that that's how that kind of, that conversation goes at the beginning, to be honest. Yeah. Class. No, I love that. Yeah. I think that's going to, um, yeah. Help people a, a little bit when they, when they, uh, when they um, listen to this episode, actually. So the worst, the worst thing in the world, I believe is that when you get on the phone to a broker um, and I know this because I've been told to do yeah. it in the past is like, Right. Okay, Mr. Client. Well, before we talk about anything, I'm going to go through this questionnaire with you. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> um, it's completely pointless. And do, do you know what? It, because because it's it's a one size fits all piece of paper with questions on. You need to understand what route people are going down. And and I don't do that. I have a checkbox in my head. Ruby hates that because she'll then ask me afterwards. Right, talk to me about that client. I'm like, blah 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 blah. She's like can't you just write it all down in a nice way so I can understand it? So we, we do have that now. I now have like a check sheet that I work to and I pass it over to her and stuff like that, um, which just comes in, you know, people working together and, and figuring stuff out. Um, but I know I know what, what to ask people. You know, I know that 
if somebody needs a buy to let mortgage, I need to go, right, okay, first and foremost, limited company, personal ownership. Um, how much do you earn? Because how much you earn, A, is going to affect the certain lenders that have minimum income requirements, or B, if you earn a lot, you might be a high rate taxpayer and that's going to affect the, the rental calculator. Yeah. So I need to know where, what those things are going to fit into. Do you have do you, do you own your own home? Yes, no. Do you, is this your first, first property that you're purchasing? Yes, no. Is it the first investment that you're purchasing? Yes, no. Do you have other properties in the background? If so, how many? What is the outstanding balances on them? What's the rental income? Because chances are we might have to do a background stress test. Um, you know, you go through all of these these line of questions. I've just ruled them off because I know them. And I think I even put them on a story recently because somebody asked me the question. Um, yeah. And you go through those those questions. And that what that actually means is a lot of the time, I will know which box you fit into. And so I will know which lenders are going to be the ones that are available to you. Occasionally, I'm surprised, and that's fine because criteria changes all the time. You know, I'm not I'm not some like, encyclopedia of, of mortgage criteria, but I'll know roughly which what type of lender that we're looking at. So I can then chuck some information. Sometimes when I've got the client on the phone into a, a sourcing system, because brokers use sourcing systems just to get the basic up-to-date information, yeah. which isn't always up-to-date on these sourcing systems, which is really annoying. <laughs> but then... I'll, I'll kind of be on the phone and be able to say to a client, I think we're looking at approximately sort of 3.29 for that five-year fixed rate. And what that means is they can they can quickly go, okay, I think that's going to work. And then I go, great, okay, well, look, let me, let me just grab a few more bits of information from you because I can now go away. I can have some conversation with some lenders. I can actually come back to you. And I can come back to them with terms sometimes within a few hours. It doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, but it, but but certainly if if, the, if, it, if it's not really 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 difficult, I should be able to do that. Um, and it it means that the client knows very quickly what what's on offer for them, what they can actually achieve. Um, if we go down the other route and it's bridging again, I know I know what to what what to ask a client. I know I know what what the the bridging lenders want want to know. I go through all of that. I create a funding proposal. I get it to the kind of lenders that I know are going to fit the description. Yeah. And again, hopefully that means I, sh- I can get stuff back to them back to them quickly i try my hardest to to have that service where it is like you know as as quick as you possibly can without the quality of the work suffering um because you know everyone's everyone's human at the end of the day and everyone makes yeah. mistakes but sometimes if you're rushed that, that that can lead to mistakes but no you know i personally think that a good broker doesn't need to rely on a questionnaire yeah we do the questionnaires but we do them afterwards when we're preparing for an application because yes. we've got all the information that we need. Yeah, yeah. I've checked usually by that stage. I've checked a credit file just to make sure that you know they've got no problems. I've asked them about it at the start anyway, you know, because people know if they've got a default or not. Yes, you know, yes, um, and um, and we and we go through that kind of stuff, and um, and yeah, it's just in a case of a kind of formality at the end, right? This is the kind. This is the product we need. This is the product we're going to go for. Right. I now need all of these documents from you, and let's and let's just go through and fill out that form. And actually, Ruby's been learning how to do that recently because it's part of her training. So a lot of the time, I'm chatting to the client. I'm telling them we need to go for this, and then I pretty much pass them over to Ruby. Ruby goes through the questionnaire with them. Um, we get all the documents. She is she. When I talk about in, insane at the, in detail, Ruby goes through every single bit of information that the client sends over with a fine tooth comb and she's telling me right i've found this on the bank statement i'm not sure i'm happy about it we're going to need to find out exactly what it is but it's good because you might have to go back to the client and ask them but it means that when we send something to a lender yes we're sending everything and they the underwriter doesn't need to come back to us afterwards and go 
oh, can I can I ask you yeah. this question? We know that we know they're going to ask that question, so why not provide the answer to it straight away? So yeah. that's that, that's kind of where how that we're now working like as a team, which is really yeah. great because you know she's come on leaps and bounds since she started, and now you know she's she's experienced enough to to point out these things and ask these questions. I had to tell her earlier on. Um, she actually said she did a bit of research for me, and I said uh, I said what type of property is this, Ruby? She went an HMO. I said, cool. I said, does that lender do HMO mortgages? And she went, oh, bollocks. Uh, I'll start, it's fine, I'll do it again. I was like, I was like it's cool. Look, I'd, I'd rather me ask that question of her and her, because she's training to be a broker, basically. Yeah, she's yeah. an amazing like administrator, power planner, but she wants to be a broker and, and why should I stand in her way? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ask her that question. You know? yeah. what, why, what type of property is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Will this lender do it? Oh, shit, no. She's realised that herself. Yes, so, yeah. So, so that's good. But sorry, I went on a massive. No, no, no. There. I was going to say, just from all that, all that knowledge you've said there, that's why you probably got labelled the investors broker because, well, it's just. Mm. I think anyone who listens to this, it, this is kind of like this should be on audible. This shit, you know, what I mean, <laughs> like this should be a book in itself, just on, on, you know, on, on how to chat with a broker. The questions that will come up. Anyone that listens to this now should have more of a better understanding of what to provide and how to prov- as being the investor how to provide a better service to the broker as well as an investor so no that's, that's yeah awesome, yeah man. yeah now look, this is, like, like i said at the beginning of the show you know we i actually had a, i had a, i had a, um a joke with um, a friend a friend of mine and um, he when i used to play rugby he worked for a company that used to make our kit mm. and that was my job within the rugby team to sort out all the kit and all that kind of stuff so we had the best stash in the league um <laughs> But now, but now he's like the sales manager and everything, and, and he's like, "Oh, you know, you run your run your company." And we we we're talking about like I've got some hoodies coming and all that kind of stuff. You're going to see it when we do the uh, the the uh, the, uh, the white box um, oh, event brilliant. in yeah. in uh, in Birmingham. Um, and um, little little and plug there. Actually, little plug. And um, <laughs> you know, we we were talking, and I had this um, this idea for a T-shirt, yes. which like said which said like power team member on it, and like at the back, you know, when you like get on a on something where you've got to scroll like through various different things yeah and i'm trying to i'm trying to a better way of doing that almost like a like um like a um arc, not arcade machine what are those things called amusement oh, the, machines yeah the yeah where, the where, they, fruities, where they spin where they spin machines. yeah like the fruit the fruit machines yeah yeah, where yeah you can yeah. like you've got your one thing but then you can kind of see the other stuff i had this yes. idea to have that like on the back of the t-shirt with broker written on it, but then in the, in the background you could see like the other things where it could spin round to like solicitor, accountant, oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we this is this what I do with my Saturday mornings. So I chat to my mate Fergus <laughs> about about clothing um, and t shirts and stuff like that. So I was just thinking, yeah, I would yeah, wear yeah, that yeah. in the gym, and people were just like, "Who's this jackass?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, mate, I think it's I think it's good. I like it. I'm worried. I, I want a t shirt. Yeah, defo. Yeah. No, yeah, the other one, the other one, the other one that I talked to him about all the time is, and uh, I think me and me and Ruby went out and had a beer a couple of weeks ago because we had a really good week, and I wanted to, you know, make sure that she she was uh, she got a reward for working hard, yeah. and um, we came up with this idea of um, turning the Grand Union Finance logo into like our favourite um, TV show or like film logos, and then having those on t-shirts yeah, so we yeah. literally like we, we came up with like 20 like from like back to the future to oh, Jurassic park awesome. yeah and just like literally just have those as t-shirts but with grand union finance and and manipulate it in a certain way so that yeah so um yeah that that's maybe on the agenda yeah, as well. just a, when i've got a, you know culture. when i've actually got yeah. some time on my hands yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> no, that's a good shout. That's like, yeah, special editions or something. Or the Grand Union Finance T-shirts. No, yeah, I can yeah. I can send them to clients. Yeah, they yeah. can they can feel they can feel part of the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Cool. So let's go into the final part of the show, uh, which is obviously to long-time listeners, um, random question time. Oh yes. So now. On your podcast, Sam, what do you normally ask people? Is there something at the end, isn't there, that you normally normally? Yeah, ask I, I always ask people what their favorite what their favorite chocolate is because I'm an I'm such a chocolate. Well, let's let's have such that. Let, let's have that because I I've always thought if I ever got the opportunity to go on your podcast, then I've, I had a chocolate in mind already because I've listened to your podcast and I, I, I know uh, it's well, true. Mate, away. you'll be, you'll be on. You'll be on. Don't you worry. I'm you'll sure I will be in the um, future. Do, yeah. do you know what? It cha- it changes all the time. It changes my, my go to my go to chocolate. Is always um, the biscuit and raisin Yorkie. That is a that's oh, a classic top top, top level. That's top but do you know what, do you know what I had? I had this. I had this last night for the first time. Honest to God, it was amazing. It's um, dark milk aero peppermint. Oh, interesting. Out of this oh, world. I like I like dark chocolate. That that would be well nice. It's really. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I've only found it like one one place. Although, do you want to hear something really gross that I had the other night? I do. Um, so. Emily, Emily went out, the wife, the wife went out. And um, so I thought, wife's out, I'll order myself a takeaway. Um, and, I, and I found this place and it was like a burger, but it was like a burger place. Like I'm, I'm massive into my burgers. I love, yes. I love a good burger. And the dessert, they had a chocolate cake calzone. Okay. What? <laughs> so, I love right? calzone. So this is, so, so, so the calzone, so the dough was like kind of um, like, uh, like donut dough. Yeah. And then it literally inside it just had like chocolate cake stuffed in it. My mouth like, is watering ju- right now. And it had like and it had like powdered sugar on it. Honestly, God, I mean, it must have been about seven thousand calories. Can you take and, me to um, this place? Because I live around the corner from you. So can you need to take me to this place? Yeah, mate. I think it's in. I think it's actually in. Um, it's probably more towards your. I think it's like eight o'clock screen sort of way. Yeah. Oh, um, we need to go. But yeah, I'll um, date night. I'll, I'll share it with you. <laughs> yeah, man. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's an eat-in, but if it is, man, we'll, we'll just go Mate, there. We'll just going. dine out on some on some chocolate cake calzone. My mouth's so. literally boring. <laughs> I swear to God. So good. Yeah, so yeah. good. Uh, it's so bad at the same time. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the sort of thing that I've had before is I've had a, a chocolate pizza with Nutella and strawberries on. Um, but I mean, yep, the calzone, yep. that's next level. But I mean, so my favourite chocolate, um, and you can't get it in this country, unfortunately, um, is chocolate called Whitaker's and you can only get it in New Zealand and Australia from my knowledge but okay. Australia they only do it in these tiny slabs but they do loads of different flavours in New Zealand and um, the best chocolate I've ever tried in my whole life is the Whitaker's peanut butter now normally when you get peanut butter chocolate like Reese's they're notorious for peanut butter chocolate um, it's kind of powdery peanut butter it still tastes great right but it's powdery now in the Reese's chocolate it's like you've just they've, they've literally before putting the chocolate base on they've just got really smooth peanut butter and poured it in and it's just smooth as hell and it stays smooth and oh, fresh man. and it's absolutely insane you know what? i bought a couple of bars home and this is no word of a lie bought a couple of bars home 500 gram bars um and it weighed my, my case actually went over and i had to pay the new zealand airport 150 dollars to get my case home no <laughs> It was worth it. It was worth it. 
Oh man, do you know what though? Like um, I, in in Australia, New Zealand, they do they do have some some nice chocolates. There's um, so when I had Mark Wright on my on my podcast, um, you know the yes. guy that the the apprentice from the Apprentice. Yes, yeah. He's from he's from he's from Australia, and he was telling me there's a website where you can buy Australia and New Zealand chocolates and confectionery, but it's in the UK, so you don't pay the stupid prices for it. Oh, no way. I'll have to see if I can see if I can yes, dig it out yes, for you. But, it, yeah. but there's two there's two chocolates from Down Under. So from New Zealand, the uh, the pineapples. Did you ever have the pineapples? Where yes. they're like it's like a bag it's like a bag and it's yeah, like it's, a bag. it's almost like pineapple flavoured marshmallow with it's that got marshmallow yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do and they did Amazing. that in um they have their own um uh, what do you call it? It's a dairy milk bought out their own version of pineapples in their own bar. You can only oh. get it in New Zealand as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, 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 so good. I had, I had so many bags of those. Another one in Australia, which is actually Cadbury's, which is weird, yeah. is Cherry Ripe. Do you have, do you have a Cherry, cherry Ripe, Ripe bar? Love a Cherry Ripe bar. Yeah, yeah. I actually found one. I found one in a in like a B and M bargains. Yeah, um, I think they're like, I think they're it might be really the one in Sheldon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be the one in Sheldon. They actually had them, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is insane!" Unbelievable. What was, it? What was it? Is that where it was? I can't remember. But yeah, I, I, I was, I was, like, yeah. I was, I was, I was absolutely shocked. And uh, yeah, I, I bought a whole box of those. Amazing. Mm. Oh, god, I need to go and get me some chocolate after this. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm out right now. Um, okay, so all right, let's let's go to question two. Then because I'm getting hungry. Um, <laughs> right, question two is all right. I've asked this before, but I'll ask it again because I'm interested to ask actually what your favourite movie is. Uh, so so my, my favourite movie of all time, um, but like my my second and third seems to change all the time. But my favourite movie ever is Fight Club. Absolutely love Fight Club. Um, really? Oh, no way. Do you know, do you know one of my favourite things ever in my whole life is yeah. um, Emily watched Fight Club yes. for the first time ever recently. And I didn't realise how fun it would be. If you, if you haven't seen Fight Club, I won't ruin it for you. But there is a big twist at the end. And watching somebody see that twist was so much fun. And literally, Emily was like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I was like, I was just, I was just waiting. I was waiting. for. And every time you like get the, the hints that they leave, the little breadcrumbs yeah. that they leave throughout the film, when you're watching somebody completely miss yeah. them. And, and it, was, yeah. oh, it was great. But yeah, massive, massive fan of Fight Club, and the book book's awesome. You want to um, know something? Yeah. Um, that's there. Yeah, you're probably not going to like. I actually, what you know what? I always thought I didn't like Fight Club, and I've only watched it once. And I said to her, I thought it was overrated. Right now, I watched it when I was like 12, and I didn't understand it. So that's probably why. But everyone raves about it. So you know what? Now that you've mentioned it again, I should really give it another chance. Now that I've got a few more cells to my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do, you know, do you know um do you know another another um film that i really really enjoyed that i watched recently was um was the founder uh, oh, which brilliant. is about brilliant ray Kroc um yeah. michael keaton and i'm sure that there's a little bit of you know production in it and stuff but yes. it's um it's as somebody that enjoys you know learning about businesses and stuff like that that for me was a great eye-opener and i've been meaning to watch it again actually recently um but yeah, that's a that's yeah. a really 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 good that's a good film. I really movie. enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, love that. Cool. Right. So, question three: What is your? I've got a great one for you, Sam. Just for you. What is your favourite yeah. coffee? Oh, you love your coffee. So I, I take. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm a I'm, yeah, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to coffee. So, um, I recently had um, 
Guinness coffee. Oh um, yeah. Do okay. you have any of that left? Yeah, yeah. I've got, I, I, try I, some. I, got I bought a shit I bought a shit ton of it. Um I um it's by a company called Tiki Tonga, which I only knew about because one of the so the owners, this is how weird is this? So the owners of this coffee company are one is an ex-Saracens player. He started it when he played for Saracens. Yeah. But I only found out recently his business partner was my first ever rugby coach. No way. Like when I played when I played at Barnet Youth when I was a kid, like under nines or whatever it was. And um yeah, I was like, his name's Justin. That's and a small like, world, isn't it? I recognize that name and turns out he's like been in coffee like his whole life and stuff. Yeah, they came together. It's insane. You buy it. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's official Guinness coffee. So it doesn't actually, it only has like a little label on the back that says Tiki Tonga on it. But um, yeah, it's it's so, it's so, so good. But in terms of instant, I get that, um, uh, Nes- is it Nespresso or whatever it's called, the barista um, Intenso. Yeah. And it comes in like a little silver tube. Oh, that, another that's one. Like my, yeah. That's like yeah. my, my, my easy my easy go-to. But I must I must admit, well, I, I just I desperately want to get like one of those big machines where Same. You, know, yeah. you, you can make you make you make your sexy coffees. And um, I actually introduced my favorite type of like as in like a latte, flat white like type of coffee is something called a cortado. Um which is um it's basically like a, a flat white, but slightly smaller and slightly stronger. And I introduced Ruby to it recently. And she was like, she was blown away. Um, yeah. If you, if you like stronger coffee, yes, I then do. that's, that's, mm. that's a, that's a, that's a definite go-to cost to do a half decent one. Yeah. Near, Cafe Nero do a good one. I had one from Coca de Mama today, which is yes. like a kind of Italian, like fast foody type chain. Um, and that was pretty decent as well. So mm. um, yeah, can highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to know anything about coffee, definitely contact Sam. Not for his uh, <laughs> knowledge, but his coffee knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Talk, 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 talk to you about vans, chocolate, coffee, or beer. You're a man's man. You're definitely a man's man. Talking about like, oh yeah, my, my sexy little Italian coffees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe keep that bit quiet in your CV. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I've had a coffee, but I can't remember the name of it now. Again, it's something I tried in New Zealand, this little cafe. It was a black coffee because I drink black coffee quite a lot because I generally like the taste yeah, of too. coffee. Yeah, it's like, you know, I want to get that taste of it of, of when I try like a new coffee or whatever. Um, and it was, but it had, instead of milk, it had whipped cream in it. And it's a, there was a name for it. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I'll, I'll have to, okay. I can't remember off the top of my head. So. But, you uh, can have a, um, Arag- is it an Ar- Aragato? um is a is a, a shot of espresso um mm. with a, a scoop of vanilla ice cream in it interesting that's that's pretty that's yeah pretty i think lush. i've seen that on the i think i've seen that on the menu and actually do you know what do you know what? you talk about like coffee from around the world um a really good place to have coffee is vietnam so they have this coffee over there and it's because it's obviously really hot you have it you serve it you have it cold like condensed milk isn't it it's got condensed milk yeah, in it. Yeah, I love it. So they, mm. But it takes them freaking ages because they literally like really proper strain it through and it drips out the yes. bottom. So it's so, so strong and flavoursome. And then they, they fill it up with condensed milk and oh my God. You know what? Ooh, don't even, I, don't even I, I put sweet or anything in there. Yeah, it, it's insane. And you know what? Annoyingly, I only ever had one like the month I spent there because, because it took so long. Every time, well, the one time I ordered it, I was like, oh, that looks like I have that. And then um, I had my... My, my lunch came and then then the dessert came. I was like, I still haven't had my coffee. And they went, yeah, it's coming now. 
and then yeah. I realised afterwards that it's filtered through, and it just takes so long to to. But it was I worth the wait. I, I, I actually asked someone about it while I was there, and they said that it shouldn't take any less than eight minutes apparently mm, to get a spot on one. Yeah, eight minutes is the magic number. So there you go. I love it. No, you know what? Yeah, that's been a, a good end to the show. Coffee talk. Love it. Coffee chat. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Sam, how can people get in touch with you? Um, all over Instagram. To be honest with you, my handle pretty much across all social media is at the Sam Norris, just so that people don't get confused with any other random Sam Norrises out there. Um, and, um, yeah, in, um, YouTube. I'm on YouTube. If you type in Sam Norris. Um, I'm the first person to come up. I checked that the other day. Just really, to be on yeah. the safe side. Um, and, um, and yeah, my, uh, or you can go onto the Grand Union Finance website, which is grandunionfinanceltd.co.uk, and you'll find contact details on there as well. Brilliant. Excellent stuff. Uh, great episode. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been a belter. No worries, mate. Speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon.